Fan Nation! Aloha. Welcome back. You are now tuned in to another edition of BJPen.com Radio. As always, guys, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Pleasure to be here with you each and every week. And we have another great show lined up for you fine folks this evening. One guest, but it's a great one. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. BJPen.com Radio. We are live each and every week, whether it be Wednesday or Thursday, 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. Pacific. Regardless, we continue to bring you guys the best possible show with the best possible guests each and every week. BJPenn.com, BJPenn.com Radio, we are the fighter's voice. We give all these athletes an opportunity to speak their hearts and minds, a platform to do so without any bias. And we're also the voice of you guys, the fans, Penn Nation. We greatly appreciate all the love and support. All of you guys make this possible. Tonight's lineup... One guest, one great guest, one in the headlines, that's for damn sure. But before we get into that, like I tell you guys each and every week, your home for MMA news, you already know this, is BJPenn.com. Bookmark us, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Stay up to date on all the latest and greatest from the sport that we all love of mixed martial arts. The hot topics, the breaking news, very important, the breaking news. We're breaking fight announcements all the time. We've got some really good guys uh, you know, working this from the day to day, viral videos, exclusive content, exclusive interviews, all the content that you can crave from this sport all in one place. We've got the technique videos, a lot of really cool stuff in the works. We have BJ Penn himself, the prodigy doing a play by play of every UFC fight every weekend, BJPenn.com play by play radio. I'm sure you guys have checked that out. Make sure you continue to do so. Really awesome stuff to hear the prodigy uh, analyze some fights and talk about what's going on uh, live. While you know, if you if you don't have an opportunity to watch the fight, and even if you do, it's basically a BJ Penn fight companion. So check it out. That goes down each and every time that there's a UFC event. There'll be another one this Saturday, folks, for UFC 221. 222. Losing track here. Anyway, BJPenn.com, we are the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. All of you fine folks at Penn Nation make that possible. We greatly appreciate it. We love you guys for that. Tonight's guest list. As I said, we've got one guest. She's in the headlines. Put on arguably the most dominant performance that we have seen in MMA in recent history for sure. And without a doubt... In women's MMA history. Coming off a second round. Rear naked choke over uh, Pris- Priscilla Cachoeira. Of course I'm talking about the bullet herself. Valentina Shevchenko. We've got plenty to discuss. As I said she's been in the headlines. With this incredibly. Incredibly dominant performance. She puts the entire division on notice. Calls out the champ, Nico Montoyo. And as everybody is saying, you're looking out the end crown champ, without a doubt. Lots of controversy with Mario Yamasaki, uh, you know, not stopping the fight. He could have stopped it many times. But Valentina gave him no choice with that rear naked choke. So we've got a lot to discuss with her. What's next? What she thought of the fight? We'll recap the bout. We'll talk about the, the uh, Yamasaki drama. And a whole lot more. Always a pleasure to speak with her. True professional. True martial artist. 
follows that Bushido code like none other. Uh, always a pleasure, as I mentioned, to speak with her. I'm sure you guys will enjoy the conversation. So let's talk about some news before we jump into this this interview with Valentina Shevchenko. First off, let, let's recap UFC Belém. For a card that people weren't really excited about, I personally think that this one delivered. I won't get into too much of, of the earlier fights, but but I want to talk about the main event and the co-main event specifically. Uh, the headliner, Eric Anders, shows why he belongs in the UFC with a hard-fought decision loss to, to Lyoto Machida. That kid's got potential. Keep your eye on him. Say what you want about Lyoto, where he's at in his career. Very good performance on the, on behalf of Eric Anders. Lyoto gets back in the win column after quite some time. I want to say it's it's been a couple years, I think, since since Lyoto has had a win. Uh, so he gets back into the win column, proceeds to call out Michael Bisping for the card in London uh, coming up here in uh, just over a month. That's a fight I could personally get behind. Bisping has responded. You guys can read up on that at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. I'm not really sure what's next for Machida, but hands down, kudos to him for a victory and proving that he is not done just yet. And again, the fight with Michael Bisping is something I could get behind for sure. However, the co-headliner stole the show. Valentina put the beat down on Priscilla. Absolute domination in the bullets move. Two one twenty-five. 125 her debut in the weight class, women's flyweight. She gets the rear naked choke at the end of the second round, as I talked about earlier. Total strikes landed. This is pretty insane. 230-plus strikes for Valentina Shevchenko to, to three or, or something around there, single digits for Priscilla. Valentina proceeded to call out Nico Montoyo, as I mentioned, Puts the entire division on blast. The enti- not on blast, but on notice. Struck fear into the hearts of all of those women at 125 pounds in the UFC right now. I would I would be very surprised if she didn't. I don't want to speak for other athletes out there. I know this is what they do for a living. They fight. But man, when you see a fight like that, domination like that, That's got to be a lot to take in as an athlete in that same division. As I talked about, she is the uncrowned champ at this point. I really don't see anybody in the division that's going to give her any trouble. So with that being said, of course, of course, uh, I talk with her about the, the possibility of another fight with Amanda Nunes coming up. Maybe the end of this year. Who knows? Obviously, her focus right now is on the 125 pound strap, but that fight is still looming for her. We're going to talk about all that and much more. Something important to point out, though, uh, Priscilla blew her ACL. And if we know anything about that kind of injury in a fight, it takes away so much from you. I mean, your movement standing up, your grappling especially. Maybe not especially, but, but both of those things, so much of that is taken away. When you have a major in, uh, injury like that. So honestly, hats off to Priscilla for, for doing what she did and, and holding in as tough as she did, uh, especially considering that injury. I'd like to see what she's capable of. Uh, healthy. 
quite frankly, without a killer like Valentina Shevchenko on top of her. Dana White was not happy with Mario Yamasaki. A lot of people were calling, you know, saying that Mario was absolutely awful. Dana White says he'll never referee again. You saw all those memes going around. If she dies, she dies. Mario Yamasaki pictured. Mario Yamasaki made a statement, said he wanted to allow Priscilla to be her be a warrior and show her warrior spirit. The Athletic Commission in Brazil says that they 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 blame the matchmaking and they blame uh, Mario for not stopping the fight. Listen, refereeing is a very difficult job, as we have seen over the years. Even our favorites, like Big John McCarthy, Herb Dean, even Josh Rosenthal. We've all seen them make mistakes. Bad calls, bad stoppages, early stoppages, late stoppages. However, what makes this one so significant, like I said, is the one-sided beatdown, lopsided, that Priscilla was taking in there. You've got to think that a lot of it is probably contributed to uh, the fact that, that that Mario is a Brazilian, so he's trying to look out for his fellow countrymen. Either way, his priority is fighter safety. Most people would agree that he did not execute uh, that priority uh, while officiating this fight. So yeah, a lot of blowback from Mario Yamasaki. We're going to talk to... Uh, Valentina, plenty about that in depth, of course. I know you guys have heard her discuss uh, a lot of this earlier in the week. We got with Valentina when we could. Plenty of follow-up, plenty to discuss that we did discuss with her. Um, so not not the same old song and dance here. But of course, we'll be getting into the to the Yamasaki situation as well. Other news. We learned that Max Holloway was forced out of the fight with Frankie Edgar. Big, big blow to that card. And what a fight to, to have to miss out on. I mean, this is when we were all anticipating the style matchup. So much stuff about that fight was very, very, very intriguing. Um, so they were left without a headliner. Now there's been talk of Brian Ortega fighting Frankie Edgar and Cyborg, Chris Cyborg, fighting a relatively unknown to the casual fan and not taking a fight with uh, Megan Anderson or an Amanda Nunes. Very interesting stuff. You can read all about that in depth at BJPenn.com. However, it looks like at, at the point, the point in time that we're at right now, the card has been saved. So very glad to hear. And, of course, Edgar Ortega, big, big matchup for the division. And Frankie Edgar, I mean, come on. Tip your hat to that guy. He takes on all comers. And with with the uh, exception of Jose Aldo, beats the brakes off of everybody that he fights, for the most part, with the exception of some of his fights at lightweight. But anyway, there was talk of TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt. I personally think Cody was just kind of fanning some flames here, seeing if, seeing if he could talk his way into a title rematch to save a card short notice, uh, all the all of those things. But boy, did those guys go at it on Twitter. 
You can check all of that out at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. <laughs> but uh, TJ had put out some video of, of a lady drunk, like walking around and, you know, Cody had made a comment. W- was that you uh, in our fight when I almost knocked you out? And then TJ responds, no, but this is you. And it's the girl laid out on the floor, a still image. And he said, this is you at the end of the fight. <laughs> You've heard TJ talk about it on this show. These guys do not like each other. Uh, but boy, is that some funny shit, in my opinion. And even uh, Mighty Mouse chimed in and said, man, guys, I'm really enjoying this. Keep it up. Um, of course, that's paraphrasing at this point. So as of right now, TJ Dillashaw, Demetrius Johnson, that's still being targeted for the summertime. As you heard, that was discussed on this show with TJ. Uh, that's the timeline he was looking at. Cody Garbrandt obviously wants that title fight again. Even Dominic Cruz has chimed in over this fight with Demetrius uh, and you know been critical of TJ. But that's all besides the point at, at, at uh, where we're at right now in the division. I want to see the TJ versus Demetrius fight. I'm sure everybody else does as well. Let's just let that fight happen, and, and then we'll, we'll move on from there. Speaking of big fights that might not quite make sense to a lot of people, Tyron Woodley says his next fight is likely going to be Nate Diaz. Nate has also said that this fight interests him. It's the only fight at this point that makes sense to him for him to come back. However, Dana White has shot this fight down. Dana said that the UFC lawyers are going to be in contact with Tyron over this that he cannot be out saying this kind of stuff uh, with no merit to it. However, who knows what's going to happen? Dana White has been that guy out in the forefront before talking about, oh, this fight isn't going to happen. Oh, that's a rumor. Later on in life, as we say in Rhode Island, come to find out the rumors were true. So will the fight happen? We'll see. Definitely be that big money fight that Tyron's looking for, uh, with the exception of GSP. But you've got much more deserving guys like Rafael Dos Anjos and and our good friend Colby Colby Covington uh, that are really campaigning for this fight with Tyron Woodley. Again, doesn't make sense sense for the division. Would I tune in? You bet your ass I would. Be a big big fight. Anything Nate Diaz is involved with is a big, big fight, especially since he's proven that with with the two uh, Conor McGregor fights. (laughs) There was a lot of talk with Eddie Alvarez wanting the fight with Nate Diaz upon his return. Diaz said he would fight Eddie Alvarez in a bathroom, but not on pay-per-view. How much more of a Diaz answer to a question or a statement do you want than that statement there? Very funny stuff. Uh, But speaking of Rafael Dos Anjos and Woodley, Woodley told RDA uh, that if he was bored, he should fight Queefington, of course, meaning Colby Covington. However, (laughs) I mean, if anybody's doing anything to campaign for this fight, you cannot argue that Colby, Colby Covington is doing much, 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 much more. He's in the headlines, he's talking trash, and he's doing really funny shit like this. He had a a hilarious pro wrestling match in a local circuit over the weekend against a guy named Tyquil Woodley. (laughs) You have heard Colby refer to Tyron as Tyquil on this show many times before, but he wrestled a guy who was overweight, out of shape, 
kind of, I, I mean, I guess he had the same haircut as Tyron. Maybe. Who knows? But very funny stuff. I mean, Col- as far as promotion goes, Colby's a guy, in my opinion. Speaking of Woodley, GSP, big money fights. GSP's uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu coach, John Danaher, says the GSP is back in training despite all of the stuff that's been going on with the colitis. Does that mean that he will be back anytime soon? Well, that's very hard to say. Uh, if any of you, and if any of you had listened to the conversation that John Danaher had with Joe Rogan a few weeks back, um, you know he had talked about how GSP is always training, whether he's got a fight or not. He is always evolving as a martial artist. So, is this something to read into? I'm not really sure, but you can bet your butt that uh, BJPen.com forward slash MMA News. We have got you covered as all of that develops. Rampage Jackson showing interest in another fight, a fourth fight with Vanderlei Silva. I'd certainly tune in for that one. Uh, Vanderlei with the first two wins. Rampage knocking out Vanderlei at what I want to say was UFC 91, if I'm not mistaken, because that was the same card that uh, Frank Mir had finished uh, Minotauro Noguera. Anyway, I'd tune in for that fight. Of course, Rampage not happy with the loss to Chael Sonnen, but you got to take them as they come, man, right? Speaking of Bellator, not this weekend, but next weekend, the second round of the heavyweight Grand Prix, Matt Mitrione taking on Roy Nelson, definitely going to be a big fight. Great card as well. Lots of good matches there. Make sure to tune into that one. And I'm not sure if... um, We'll be doing play-by-plays with BJ for this stuff, but rest assured there'll be one for this weekend. Big, big card going down in Australia. Luke Rockhold originally slated to take on Robert Whitaker, Bobby Knuckles, now facing Yoel Romero for the interim strap. Luke feels that this is the real title fight. As far as matchups go, I mean, holy crap. Of course, we all want to see how how well Bobby Knuckles can do. He's, since moving to 185, he has looked unstoppable. But now we've got Luke Rockhold, who many regard as the top guy, versus Joel Romero, who many others regard as the top guy. They'll be throwing down to determine who faces Robert Whitaker next. It was a big bummer for that card, being that it was in Australia, and the um, hometown hero, Bobby Knuckles, would not be competing. But plenty of Aussie talent on that card. Lots of great matchups. Definitely make sure you tune in. And if you can't tune in because it's live on pay-per-view for whatever reason, make sure you tune in to BJPenn.com play-by-play radio with BJ, rude boy Troy, Troy Mandalones, and of course our own Chris Taylor. So listen, guys, there's a ton of stuff I didn't get to like I don't every week, but for the sake of time, you don't want to hear me ramble for this long. It is what it is. For all that and much more, stay tuned to bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. The breaking, the viral, the hot topics, you name it, we've got it. Everything that you crave from the sport you love in mixed martial arts, bjpen.com has got you covered, guys. So on that note, let's jump right into it. Our guest of the evening, the bullet, Valentina Shevchenko. She's a badass coming off of, as I said, 
you can't get any more dominant than that. It's impossible. Amazing fight. A lot to discuss with her. Good conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Coming up next, Valentina Shevchenko. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the uncrowned women's flyweight champion, Valentina Shevchenko, the bullet herself. Congrats on the win, Valentina. Amazing way to kick off 2018, I'm sure you would agree. Thank you very much, Jason. Yes, uh, I was preparing for this fight. I was preparing like, to show my best to make this like debut in flyweight. And uh, um, we did, like me, my team, we did everything that uh, we was planned. Very good. Well, uh, I know we, we had uh, discussed uh, before the fight that, that you were going in to make a statement here. Uh, obviously, you, you certainly did that. But before we get into the fight... I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, all the love that you got this week uh, from the Brazilian fans. Uh, it's not too often that we see the Brazilians show support for mm-hmm. someone fighting one of their own. That must have been pretty cool for you. Yes, it was very nice to feel in this support. Um, before we, we went to Brazil, I knew that um, I, I will have like a lot of fans there, and I knew that they will support me. And uh, I really enjoy all our like days spending in Belém. It was not our first trip to there. First, uh, first time we we was in Belém like five years ago, and we did our like trip by Amazon River uh, during twenty days by boat. We was traveling in hammocks, like crossing all Amazon River from. Brazil, Belém to Peruvian Iquitos. So you not only were you very familiar with the area, but uh, the fans really, really got behind you. Do you think that has to do with maybe your fighting style or your respectfulness towards your opponents? What do you think it is that made the Brazilian fans uh, uh, be so uh, attracted towards you as a fighter? Um, you know, it's difficult to uh, answer for me on this question. I think we have to ask Brazilian fans. They will explain, like, totally good why they choose it this way. <laughs> very true, very true. Uh, so you've been home for for a few days now. First off, obviously, you must be happy with that performance. It was honestly flawless, in my opinion. I'm wondering, would you agree with that? Do you think it was a flawless performance? Um, I just did what I have to do inside the octagon. I was, like, my focus on the fight, it was, like, um, before the fight, I was thinking, I have just 15 minutes to finish the fight because this time I didn't want to wait for like decision or something like this. And I, I knew exactly, and my coach, Pavel Fedotov, he was like giving me like instructions, game plan for like different game plans for the fight. And uh, I knew that I will start from very beginning and go in like uh, each round stronger stronger before the fight. Uh, fight will end well you certainly you certainly went out very strong in the beginning of the fight and you know you talked about looking for the finish there there's a lot of argument that that could have happened on multiple occasions throughout this fight but before we get into that uh, I just wanted to know if you've had a chance to watch the fight yet and if so would you agree with the MMA community over how lopsided the fight was and that maybe it should have been stopped much earlier uh, I didn't I didn't watch the full fight yet um, 
I want to like to rest a little bit, recover and like with fresh mind to watch it. But you know, like uh, for me, uh, maybe yes, maybe in the second round, sometimes in the second round. But you know, when um, I was inside the octagon, when I was in plenty of the fight, uh, my mind was thinking just only uh, to finish it. I was not thinking why, why it's not finished yet. No, because I wanted to finish it, and I'm glad that uh, I finished it like by uh, by choke, rear naked choke, because there is no doubt from no one that this is like totally, totally victory. And it was not like uh, because sometimes they said it's too early, sometimes now they said it's too late but in this case it's like no doubt from no one without question without question uh but you know some people are saying that it looked like an amateur fighting a professional in there you know do you think that it's kind of unfair to priscilla and not only priscilla priscilla but to, to yourself for people to be saying stuff like that you know kind of discrediting her as an opponent uh, she's not easy opponent. She's a very tough opponent because she's, she had, uh, eight fights, zero losses. And most for, uh, fights from her, it was by KO. She has very strong punch and very, like, uh, heavy punch. And, uh, I knew that it will not be easy fight. That's why I was preparing as strong as I preparing for each my fight. And I'm saying every time, that I'm not believing in easy fight. I believe in my strong preparation, very like dedication, dedicated preparation. And this helped me to make my fight easy. Absolutely. Well, like, like I said, it certainly looked easy for you in there. And uh, what, a do- what an absolutely dominant win. But in regards to the backlash against Mario Yamasaki, uh, I know you said that, that it's not your job to worry about that kind of stuff. Your job is to fight and let him, him make those kind of decisions. But, you know, after Mario has said that uh, he was letting Priscilla show her warrior spirit, I'm wondering, would you agree with that? Do you think he was in the right state of mind to allow her to to continue to show a warrior spirit, as he said? Uh, You know, like, uh, uh, watching from um, maybe her point of vision, um, I would say maybe some kind of point it's true because um, uh, every time, when uh, I know he was, he wanted to finish the fight earlier. But every time when he was like advising her that if you are not moving, uh, I will stop the fight. She started to move, and before the very very end, she was moving. She was trying to escape. She was. It was. Uh, I know that it was difficult because uh, I I didn't want let her out, and I wanted to land more punches and more more stronger and more. But she was trying because she, like I said, she she didn't want to quit before the very end. No. Now, she had said that her, it has been reported that, that she had an ACL tear. Uh, was there any point in the fight that you maybe noticed something changed, uh, perhaps when that injury happened, or uh, was it just business as usual for, for you know until you got the finish? No, during the fight I didn't notice any difference. And just only one difference I noticed, it's in the, I don't remember which round, maybe first or maybe second round, I just felt that uh, uh, some of my punches, it landed very hard, and she was, like, losing uh, losing a little bit herself, and at this point, I realized that I have to go more and more stronger, and from this point, I was, like, uh, I, I wanted to stop no one time, and I went for, for there. Okay. Now, listen, I know you've been, people have been asking you a lot about this stuff with Mario Yamasaki, and 
and uh, this, the fight not being stopped earlier. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I, I did want to get your take on this. You know, with all these people saying that, that Mario is an awful referee, he should never be allowed to officiate another fight again, do you think that's do you think that that's unreasonable of people to be saying this at this point? And what's your take on him as a referee overall? Uh, you know, people will say something every time. It doesn't matter who and when and where. They will speak in, uh, every time. But um, I'm a fighter. I don't want to judge no one because I'm not a judge. I'm a fighter and I'm doing my job. I go to the octagon and I finish my fight. This is I know for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. You definitely did your job without question. Um, and and I got to say, I liked what you said about cornerman throwing in the towel when uh, Helwani had asked you that earlier this week, you know, it, 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 no fighter wants the fight to be stopped that way. No fighter wants their corner to throw in the towel. But, you know, considering the damage that she took, um, do you think that it was maybe a mistake of her coaches not really looking out for her? Or if you were in that position, would you want your coaches to allow the fight to continue? Uh, you know, in this position, I never would like to be in this uh, position to see the towels from from the corner. No, I didn't want because I know exactly we are all fighters and we are going to the octagon. We are going to the ring to leave uh, everything for from us, to leave our hearts there. And if it will be finished, the fight, it will be finished like by maybe referee or maybe like... Uh, like or submission or something like this but uh, you know it's every time uh, good to know that you was fighting till the end and uh, lay, you left everything like every single piece from you uh, like inside the octagon this is I know for sure because uh, we, are, we are all martial artists and we are want to show our best sides inside the ring and octagon without a doubt and as you hear so many fighters say over and over, uh, they'd rather go out on their shield and, as you said, leave everything out there in the octagon. So I would agree with you 100% there. But looking forward now, obviously, uh, Nico Montoyo needs a little bit more time to recover, and you've said that you'd like to take some time off to uh, to rest up. But realistically, you know, how soon would you like to, like to return? Is there any other uh, card or venue or maybe a timetable for you uh, to, to eventually take that title fight that we all know must be next for you? You know, my time out, it's totally uh, like a little bit. I just need a little time to recover me from my uh, last preparation, to recover my mental energy, my physical energy. And uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to fight uh, anytime, anywhere. And uh, I hope that Nico, she will, like like a champion, agree to fight as soon as she can. And we will do it, like, in this next time. So you're saying that uh, for you, it's it's not so much that you want some time off. If the UFC was to call you tomorrow and say, you know, the fight is going to be uh, uh, April or, or March, you you would be down for that. Um, I think for March it's a little bit early because uh, it's a, a little bit early. Um, but let's see, let's see, let's wait a call from UFC. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, so. I'm wondering, though, how long are you willing to wait for Nico specifically? I know that everybody says that, that you deserve the title fight, obviously, next, and the, I'm sure the UFC is going to be on board with that as well. But I'm wondering, how, how long are you willing to wait for her? Some people are saying that she hasn't, she's not going to want to fight you, has no business in there with you. But, you know, aside from that, if she was to try to put this fight off or maybe the injury uh, uh, takes too long to, for, to recover from, 
are, are you willing to wait for her, you know, forever? Or are you going to want to take another fight, maybe say, if she's not ready by summertime? Um, you know, it's, uh, I don't think that, that uh, she can be injured forever. I know exactly that uh, she already, like, started her recuperation, and it will not take too much time. And more, she cannot be injured forever, like, and just uh, not fighting. And um, I hope soon she will break her silence and say something. And, um, like, um, you know, from my side, uh, I took this fight. Uh, just only because I didn't want uh, to wait forever because I'm a fighter and I have to feel this like spirit and adrenaline of the fight and that's why I decided to take this fight early this year to to have like a title fight maybe like few months later. Now, considering how dominant your performance was and, and, and how this and how social media, all the fans reacted, even the MMA media as well, are you expecting this to be very hard for you to get fights moving forward at this weight class? I mean, everybody was calling your performance terrifying. Uh, do you think you're going to have a tough time uh, getting opponents to, to sign a contract to fight you? Um, it will be sometimes someone who will accept the fight. It's the same like it happened with this fight. Like, uh, I know that uh, UC had a little bit like the difficulty for, uh, difficulties to find an opponent for me for this fight. And Priscilla, she accepts the fight and we signed the agreement and we started our preparation. So, so it's uh, anytime it will find someone who will who will take it. All right. So eventually somebody's bound to, to agree to fight you regardless of uh, how scary you look out there. <laughs> but uh, changing gears here for a moment, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, Rose Namajunas and Pat Barry. They had a ton of praise for you, so much praise for you on Joe Rogan's podcast. I'm wondering, did you, did you get a chance to hear that episode? Uh, no, not yet, because I was totally uh, like focusing on my preparation and everything. But I know uh, because we uh, we have like very good friendship with them, and uh, I wish them to Rose like uh, to have a great training camp and do uh, the same thing that she did in her last fight because she. She deserves this uh, this belt, and I know exactly she's a very good fighter, and she will do uh, like everything right. Now, based on based on how she was speaking of you, Pat Barry, as well. Not only do they have a ton of respect and ad- admiration for you as an athlete, but it sounds like you guys became pretty close friends. Is that accurate? You guys are pretty tight now. Yes, we are friends because we we were spending uh, how many about four training camps together, like beating each other every day, like having uh, like difficulties on the training, like eating together, spending time together. Right. And yes, for sure, we 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 uh, we started our friendship, and it's very like good people. They had uh, in uh, in their gym uh, like very good energy, Tony. Tony Basil, like from Three Three Academy, it's every time it's it's very good to go there and spend this uh, like time with them because every time um, you you will receive like good energy. Now you didn't spend any time with them for this training camp. And uh, no, this training camp we decided to have it in Texas, uh, in Bushiban Academy with different sparring partners. My coach Fedotov, he was preparing me uh, because of like. Um, uh, because of fighting Brazil, more like class 
but it's this like similar things. We are every time trying to find the best like option for have uh, uh, more more like uh, more closely climate for better uh, climatization. Uh, that's very intelligent of you. Obviously, Denver, high altitude, Texas, a much warmer climate. Very, very intelligent of you and your coaches there. But uh, just to stay on Rose here for a couple more questions, she told a story about leaving a club just before there was a shooting and that she was with a bunch of friends and fighters at that time. Is there any chance you were there for that incident? Uh, can you repeat, please, the question? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rose had told a story about leaving a, a nightclub just before there was a, sh- a shooting. And uh, I'm wondering, was there any chance that, that you were one of the people uh, that were involved w- when she was there at that time? Oh, <laughs> I, I hear you like cutting the voice. That's why the last part, I was, I was hearing everything about nightclub, but the last <laughs> part of the, uh, of the question I did, I cannot hear you. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I'll, I'll, tr- I'll try you one more time here. Uh, she had told a story about, uh, about being at a nightclub and that there was a shooting, a man came with a gun and started shooting in the club, and that they had just okay. gotten out of there right at the, you know, right at the, the best time to, to avoid any of that stuff. But she had said that she was with some friends and some other fighters. I'm wondering, were you one of the people she was talking about there? No, no, this time, no. I, I guess it was, uh, no, this time I was not there. Okay, no. okay. Just had to ask. It sounded like a crazy story, and if you were involved, yeah. I wanted to get your take on it as well. Uh, but I'm wondering, were you, will you be helping her get ready uh, for the rematch with Rose? I mean, uh, Joanna, I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. I will take a little bit time to, uh, to restore me from my preparation. And let's see. Like, uh, But I, I think she will do great things. And I know exactly she will prepare like, as hard uh, as she was doing like all this time. And uh, um, she will do everything perfectly. Okay. Now, you've been more than generous with your time. I just have a couple more questions here for you. You told me last time that you that we spoke uh, that you were still really eyeing another fight with Amanda Nunes. Uh, is that something that, that you plan to be doing in 2018, or is that like uh, a 2019 plan or goal for you, rather? Uh, I didn't uh, like plan it for years, but uh, I know exactly we will have it. We will have uh, another fight. Uh, our match. I'm planning for now, like to have few fights in 125, and then uh, go back and have rematch with Amanda. Yes. Okay. So, give us your thoughts on the possibility of uh, Amanda fighting Cyborg. What do you think of that matchup, and and who would you pick to win it? Uh, it will be nice. I think it will be interesting to watch it, and um, I I really like it don't know about picking up or someone but i would love to see this fight okay and getting back to you and your career of course how many times do you are you expecting to fight in 2018 what's the ideal plan for you uh maybe two or three more times within this calendar year uh for me as much as i can this is like best option for me Okay. <laughs> Very good. All right. Again, more than generous with your time. We greatly appreciate it, as always. Always a pleasure to speak with you. What message What message would you have for uh, Nico Montoyo and the rest of the women's division at 125? Um, for Nico, just one message. Take the fight and uh, make it happen. Just only one. All right. Very good. Uh, any shout-outs or, or sponsors you'd like to thank before we let you go? 
Uh, just uh, I want to thank all my fans who every time support me from all parts of the world, and uh, it's uh, like it's um, I, it's mean for me a lot because uh, before the fight I feel all their energy, their what they are sending me uh, for me through all my medias, and uh, like uh, to say to say for them very big thank you. All right, I know the fans love the fight. I'm sure anybody that supports you knows that that was an incredible f- performance that guarantees you a title fight going forward. I have no doubt you will become the champ in 2018. Certainly looking forward to, to the uh, title shot and uh, speaking with you again soon. Uh, enjoy the fruits of your labor, Valentina. Greatly appreciate it, as always, and I hope we can catch up again soon. Thank you very much, Jason. Have a good day for you, too. You as well. There you have it, guys. The bullet, the uncrowned champ, Valentina Shevchenko. Like I talked about earlier, such a professional, such a true martial artist. You got to have a lot of love for her. She is awesome. And with a performance like that, holy shit. If I'm one of the ladies at 125, I'm thinking about moving up or down. Probably down. How are you going to compete with that? Super competitive at 135. Now moves down. I mean, man, the division is hers. You heard her talk about the timetable when she'd like to come back. March is probably a little too early. And this is all going to be fully dependent on one, on when uh, Nico Montoyo is ready to fight again. But nonetheless, I'm very, very excited to see that matchup. And uh, I personally think Valentina has all of the all of the makings to not only be a huge superstar, which I think she's already becoming, uh, you know, as we speak now, but one of the most dominant champions that the UFC has ever seen. We also discussed the possibility of her fighting Amanda Nunes, possibly before year's end. Yet another time for that uh, bantamweight strap. I mean, this is not unrealistic. Valentina fights for the title before summer. Maybe defends it a few months later. Put her on the New Year's Eve card with Amanda Nunes. Champion versus champion. I'd buy that shit. All day. By the way, guys, I've noticed I've been swearing a lot more. I don't know if this is just a YouTube thing or whether I'm getting loose. (laughs) But... Forgive me if that offends you. Like I said, great conversation with Valentina. A lot of stuff you, you know, you kind of heard in previous interviews, but like, like I mentioned, I, I tried to, to, to get all the follow-ups that I could and, and discuss things maybe a little differently. Um, I'm hoping for the sake of Rose Namajunas that she will be training with Rose in some capacity in the lead up to the fight with Ioannia on Jacek. Um, but yeah, guys, looking at the future champ, the bullet, Valentina Shevchenko. Let's wrap this wrap this bad boy up. Episode 69, BJPenn.com Radio. Big thank you to Valentina for coming on the show tonight. And by the way, real quick, something I wanted to mention, but I didn't want to spend too much time on. It's kind of news I forgot. 
I told you guys Floyd Mayweather is trolling all of us. Well, now there's talk that Dana White is optimistic. It seems like all of the craziness that we thought wouldn't have happened with Conor McGregor boxing Floyd Mayweather, maybe Floyd might, might step into the cage. I'm highly doubtful. But like I said before, you never know what the hell is going to happen in this sport. And for all we know, this guy's crazy enough to do it. But for all this and much more, you guys know where to go. Thank you very much, Penn Nation, for all the patronage. All of you guys make this possible. Big mahalo to all of you. Love you guys. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+. Set up alerts, notifications, so that when the news drops, you're the one who gets it first. You know before everybody else does. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Bookmark it. You all know what's up. Big thank you to the whole team. Everybody on Team Pen, And big shout out to all, all of our new freelancers. Uh, while I don't know you all by name just yet, uh, I'm sure I will in the future, near future. And, uh, you know, big shout out to you guys. Welcome to the team. But to the core group, Tom, Chris, Justin, Drake, Russell, Scott, all you guys, much love. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Signing off yet again, episode 69. Make sure you tune in next week for more awesome interviews with some of the best in the business of mixed martial arts.